Welcome to the Jay LaRock Show. I'm your host, Jay LaRock. This podcast is powered by ObsoleteGamer.com and the Mascot Studios Podcast Network. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else podcasts are found. Esports has become big business, and I'm not talking about putting a quarter on the side of an arcade machine or playing a friend through the internet. I'm talking about million dollar prizes and stadiums filled with people, numbers rivaling even the World Series of the MLB. But there's always been the question, are esport athletes athletes? Do they deserve a spot in places like the Olympics? And that's what we're talking today with Henry James, the founder and CEO of Espo, which is a fan engagement platform. He is also a fan and advocate of esports. I began the discussion by asking him to bring us up to speed about esports and its possible path to the Olympics. The topic regarding uh, esports becoming uh, an Olympic event in the future is, is very contentious and it has been receiving a lot of kind of press coverage recently, especially as esports was seen in 2020 to, to be replacing, in some cases, to be replacing traditional sports, which were stopping due to the pandemic. Um, and so all of the media interest that esports was receiving, I think, really did start to trigger, OK, well, is esports really a sport? First question. Right. And if and if esports is a sport, well, then what's stopping it from potentially becoming a, an Olympic sport at some point in the future? And so I think that's been the evolution of, of how this discussion has started. And, and that's the thing. And what's really interesting is I've you know, covered gaming for a long time. And I remember when gaming was looked upon as just something for kids. And if you were older after a certain age, which changed depending on opinion, that was something wrong. You know, it was like, what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then of course, what seemed to happen is those people who like in the seventies had kids who were like, Hey, dad plays the Atari. He has a Commodore 67. I mean, a, a 64. And next thing you know, it's like, it's starting to grow, but then the media started to get into it. I mean, even before having like just incredible, when you had the people who are playing Donkey Kong, Pat Man, stuff like that. Is it more now that because people and the media have, I don't even want to say exploit, even though it's kind of that, would you say that's why it's getting more attention? Because the more I read about esports and the Olympics, it seems like it's more that they want esports there but on the outside (laughs) yeah um i'll try and i'll try and answer your question the best way i can i i i think we have to remind ourselves that competitive video gaming and that ultimately is what esports is all about competitive video gaming has existed since the dawn of video gaming right decades ago and it's really more recently as the infrastructure to support online video gaming uh, and also the the broadcasting of of video gaming through streaming websites like Twitch and YouTube uh, have really enabled esports to gain a huge amount of traction uh, because everybody has access to, to YouTube and Twitch and it doesn't cost any money for us to consume video content on those platforms. 
Um, so over the last decade, esports has been exploding in popularity. And, um, you know, in terms of, you know, is the media trying to um, paint a picture of, you know, what esports should be and whether it's positive or negative? I guess so, right? Because in, in the media world, everybody is, is kind of paid to have a perspective on something. Um, but um, I think as for the esports community itself, right, the, the, the people like me that are working in this space, you know, what do we all share in common? We, have, we share in common a love for games, the creativity of the creators of these game publishers. We are impressed by the strategic skill that is required now to play these games at, at a very high level. And, and I must stress, it is extremely, extremely um, difficult to play these games at the competitive level that, is, that, 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 that these teams and players are now competing for, for millions and millions of dollars of prize money. So, so that is in, impressive. And I think that's where we start to uh, consider that you know, maybe there is room for esports to become an Olympic sport in the future because there is a huge amount of training that goes into uh, these competitions. Um, they do require you know, physical and mental endurance. Um, for sure, that physical uh, endurance and output is much less than, let's say, someone who's going to compete in a 15-kilometer uh, run on the athletics track um but there are definitely there are definitely pressures there and you know it's a it's a competition uh which is all about finding the very best yeah and the problem is is that as far as getting support unfortunately gamers have problems coming from the outside people who are not part of gaming and don't really understand but we also have the attack from the inside um, you know, even 10 years ago, you would have gamers that would clearly say, hey, esports are just, you know, people sitting on their couch. They're not athletes. And then, of course, the first person they bring up would be like a LeBron James. <laughs> and it's like no one is saying that someone playing esports is LeBron James. But at the same time, they had darts in the Olympics and mm -hmm. badminton in the Olympics. And it's like, is it a question of heart rate? Because your heart rate goes up. Anyone that played a competitive game, your heart rate goes up. What, I mean, you, you spoke to it a little bit already, but what do you think it is this battle of athletes and saying that, oh, well, they're not athletes. It to me seems almost like a mix between a little bit of jealousy and kind of almost like an old school guard. Like you kind of hear that with football players today who will say, well, oh, you can't touch the quarterback. You can't do this. You can't do that. As if less injuries is a bad thing because they want to <laughs> talk about how hard they had it back then as if that's a thing. Do you think it's a mixture of those two forces pushing against the idea of being added as a sport? Yeah, I definitely do. I think you. I think you're you're really onto it. You know, it's the old guard, as you put it, will probably not consider esports to be a sport at all. Um, you know, look at BMXing as an example. BMX is is now an Olympic um, event. I think since the last Summer Olympic Games, um, it is definitely a sport. You know, there's no there's no question about it, but. For some, some of the old guard, as, as, as you put it, they probably will 
kind of say you know what is this guys on a bicycle and driving up ramps and stuff and you know it's this is not this is not a, this is not an olympic event so i think it's a battle of the traditions right versus these these new competitive scenes um that are that are just playing playing their way out but i think the first that coming back to what i said right at the beginning the first question is for people to i think that decide whether they are of the view that esports is a sport or whether it's just a, a pastime and form of entertainment like uh like watching a movie or uh reading a book or something right it's, it, but we have to stress that esports is about competitive video gaming and that's for me what makes it a sport i'm a huge fan of of motorsports and uh there are lots of people i know that don't know much about motorsports that say but why is why is how can you be an athlete if you're a racing driver you know you're just sitting in a in a seat pressing some pedals with your feet and uh and turning a steering wheel but the reality is you know to 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 race a car professionally on the competitive international circuit it's very physically uh intensive and you do need a huge amount of um in in physical endurance uh you need to be you know, your reaction speeds need to be extremely fast of course um, and I like to then compare the bridge between look at virtual racing in the esports space and compare virtual racing to real racing. What's, what do these guys share in common as they're competing? They're both sitting in a, in a seat. They've both got pedals and a steering wheel. Mm -hmm. And the only difference is that one guy's looking out of a windscreen and the other guy's looking at a LCD display. Um, of course, then there is the physical element of the G forces and 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 that kind of that physical that physical part which separates the physical from the virtual. But otherwise, the skill is so similar. If you look at the very best racing drivers in the world today, a lot of them are spending more time practicing on a simulator than they are in a real car. Exactly. And so that's where I like to kind of you know really show you know to to to. To, to other people out there that might not be super familiar with esports or might be a little bit on the fence as to whether esports is a sport or not. For me, that's a very good example of saying, well, if you agree that motorsport is a sport, then why shouldn't esports be considered a sport as well? Yeah. I mean, even things like horse riding, you know, and things like that, you're, you, yes, you have to have muscles to control the horse, to stay on, things like that. But the same thing happens when you're playing competitive gaming. I mean, interview anyone who has done it at the high level and the hand-eye coordination is incredible, especially games like, you know, Starcraft. I mean, if you see the management that yeah. someone has to go through to control your resources, uh, different battles all across the field, there's a lot there. Um, when I read different opinions, either from the IOC or people who kind of are trying to defend it, they also talk about the idea of the type of games. And a lot of times they want to mention, oh, well, we can't bring in something like a Call of Duty because it shows violence, or mm -hmm. we can't bring in a certain game because it may offend another nation. Um, what do you say to those people that use that as an excuse? To be honest, I, I think that is a that is a fair point, right? I mean, the Olympics, it, it's it stands for for unity and for for peace and uh, and not wanting to 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 be a platform for uh, politics. 
Um, and some games, maybe like Call of Duty, are have themes that that do involve uh, violence and and themes of of, of politics, uh, of of horrible things like terrorism. And so, you know, is is the Olympics really the correct scene uh, and and place uh, for for an esport like the Call of Duty uh, game? In my opinion, probably not. And I, I actually think that's a really good talking point. And will probably become the biggest barrier to entry for esports ever being considered an Olympic event in the future. Um, some people say, oh, what about the cheating aspect and the, the opportunity for, uh, for, for hacking? Uh, is, you know, if this is, if e can esports be played in a, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a controlled environment as an Olympic sport? Yes, it can, because it could be played as an offline event uh, a local offline event as opposed to an online over the internet event, which is definitely open to manipulation and hacking. Um, so that for me, the cheating aspect is much less the concern. The concern probably and the barrier to entry is probably more so the topic we just discussed. Um, and therefore, does, you know, does the approach, uh, if, if for, for those groups out there that are trying to, to lobby for esports to become an Olympic event in the future, um, should they be looking to propose games which are non-violent and do not have themes of of um, of politics and, and stuff like that, which is uh, not not it's just not the right venue uh, for for the Olympics? Do you think that one of the things that may end up happening? Because another thing that people talked about was the idea that you'd have to get um, approval from companies and things like that, which. I don't think it would be that that difficult because you want the exposure. And if you were one of the first in the Olympics, that would be great. But I guess that could be a point to consider. Tying that in with the idea of certain themes, do you think that something might end up happening where you almost have a company that makes games just for the Olympics? Yeah, it's, it's very doable. It's very, very doable. Um, and, and it could be it could be the way it has to go in order for in order for that to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, a lot of times, especially when gaming was starting to get its its rise, we saw that it gets pulled in different directions. It's like they want some aspects of gaming, but not others. Um, so with the Olympics, what I was reading is that they want it almost like, oh, you can be there, you know, like an exhibit, but nothing official. Do you think that that is a stepping stone towards it? Or do you think it can almost be like being put in the friend zone where you're on the outside and it's, that's fine, but they'll never let you actually inside? Yeah, it's, it's a toughie, right? You know, it's obviously, obviously we're speculating here. Um, and ultimately, the, 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 this is going to come down to the IOC, like you mentioned, to, to, to really even carry, carry forwards the conversation. I mean, I'm impressed that the, these conversations are even being held at the moment. I'm really sure. impressed about that. Um, but like you said, I think thing, there needs to be a framework that, is, uh, that someone designs first in terms of creating this, a you know, framework which has suitability for esports to be played at the Olympic Games. And so the idea, in my view, of ever seeing Call of Duty being played as an Olympic event is just, I, I personally think that's completely unrealistic. And where you were talking before about 
you know, which game publishers could um, be given the opportunity to have, you know, have, have their game played at the Olympic Games in the future, you know, that, that would be such a huge platform. I think the Olympic Games is the most viewed sporting event worldwide. So it would be a massive coup for any uh, game publisher to have that kind of exposure. And again, so I, I think that in its, especially as some of these, these game publishers now are such big, big uh, companies. Uh, and there are, you know, there is, there are the, the, the huge whales in, in the Western world. And then there's the, there are huge uh, whales in, in video gaming in Asia and they're competing. They kind of have control over market share in their relative regions. Um, you know, would the IOC uh, lean towards one, one market or another is, is again, probably one of the one of the issues and barriers to entry that esports would have to face. So I think that the way forward here would there would have to be um, an entity that comes about, designs a framework that gets approval for kind of semi-approval, let's say, high-level approval from the IOC, and then a company could come into fruition, which has got one purpose, and that is to create a game that is suitable to be played as an Olympic event in the future. Now, on the other hand, you have a lot of people who have been involved with gaming for a long time, and they look at it as, hey, this was our world. You forced us to build our own communities, to do our own things. Um, Sure, if you want to cover us, you want to talk to us, fine, but we shouldn't be trying to follow an old way. We should be creating our own way. And, you know, there's already international gaming competitions. Uh, Some people feel, hey, we should make our own Olympics with our own rules. Most young people aren't going to watching many Olympic sports anyway. So why should we even consider giving them the uh, platform when we should do what we've always done, build our own? Yeah. And there are already some examples in play, actually, there are some international events. uh, I can think of at least two um, that take place annually. These are um, international competitions where the players are playing under their, 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 their national flag, uh, and they're playing different, different popular games of, of today. So those, those events already exist, and they are attracting some, some, some viewership and, and the fans within, within the, the esports and gaming community. But have they gained much traction not really because um, these competitions are treated almost like B category, B category events compared to the A category uh, esports um, uh, championships and, and tournaments that are taking place uh, amongst the most famous esports teams. So um, asking the players, you know, the very best players are playing for the very best teams and they're not taking part in these in these international uh, Olympic-style uh, events, if you if you will, and so I think you know those those events are only really going to gain traction if some of the big big players start competing in them, and no one has been able to so far you know bring bring the esports community together in such a way that there could be this alternative, like you're saying, this alternative industry organized equivalent of of the esports olympic games let's say um and i think because of the fragmented nature of the esports community um 
it will be quite a tough thing to 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 organize yeah it's almost kind of akin to mls uh, here in the states because you have teams here who want to build a strong team but because of the schedule they set up it all often conflicts with uh teams in europe and in in spanish countries so you don't you're not always able to get the the best people on the team so that that yeah. is a good point and it's also about name recognition too, because at first it was more teams, um, but a lot of names have become very, very popular, uh, especially with things like Twitch and stuff like that, which kind of comes to my question about uh, your company, uh, Ispo. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I always like the idea of having fan engagement. I mean, yes, you have Twitter, things like that, but I always felt that if you had a place that's more specialized, that you know you'd really be able to get more out of it can you tell us a little bit about that company yeah sure with pleasure so um uh, i'm the founder and ceo of espo and espo is a fan engagement platform for the esports uh, and gaming community um we are a platform that enables esports teams to deploy uh their own fan engagement strategy uh to to their fan base um, and so we kind of work as a, a little bit like a like a like a marketplace, almost like like Airbnb that allows um, hosts uh, hosts to um, you know host their apartment to to people that are coming to their city. And so Airbnb, what is it doing? It's connecting uh, vis- visitors, tourists, with uh, these people that are hosting and kind of willing to host their their their, their apartment. Um, on our, in our sense, we're, we're exactly the same. We're, we're a tech platform in the middle that is helping um, esports teams reach and distribute um, fan engagement opportunities for their fan base. But unlike Twitter, like what you were referencing before, um, the, the, the main uh, purpose of our platform is to actually enable esports teams to offer very exclusive uh, and interactive fan engagement opportunities uh, for, for their fans. So these could be things like um, uh, fans playing video games with uh, their, their favorite um, players, streaming with players, getting their gameplay reviewed by a player, um, or it could be some, some other kind of uh, ex- experience or physical uh, uh, um, uh, kind of perk as well. It could be some limited edition merchandise, which is um, offered by the team for their super fans. Um, so that's, that's, that's what we've created. And it seems great because especially with COVID and everything, a lot of people have turned to social media pro, uh, platforms, engagement platforms where they can talk to people and it's more than just watching games. It, it is like building a community and being able to connect um, beyond just the general fan engagement and also promoting your brand uh, for the each team. What do you see as the major benefits of having that kind of engagement with fans? I mean, it's if, uh, the benefit for the team, you mean? Yeah. So uh, esports teams today have a huge following in, in many cases, but the teams actually know very little about their, their fans. Um, and I think a digital platform like ours is a great um, place for them to actually start learning much more information about their fan base. You know, where are they from? What kind of perks uh, are they interested in? 
what other interests do they have? You know, how are these fans engaging with uh, the brands and sponsors of those teams that are also offering fan engagement opportunities for, for the fans to get involved with? And um, th- there's a huge amount of information that, can, that the teams can learn about their fan base from a platform such as ours. And I think that's, you know, definitely one of the, the key uh, drivers for, for their interest in, in, in our platform. But of course, then there is also the opportunity for them to expand their fan base. You know, we have a user base that now spreads across six different teams uh, at the moment. And that list is, is, is increasing month on month. And um, so all the teams, of course, are trying to, to, to acquire new fans. Uh, they're looking to monetize that fan base, of course. And then finally, once you have um, been able to, you know, drive further loyalty from your fan base, that only increases your commercial value as far as uh, sponsors and brands are concerned. So that really is the, the driver behind their interest in, in working with us. And I also read that you uh, have loyalty points for people who uh, sign up. Can you tell us a little about how that works? Yeah, sure. So uh, we have uh, our own loyalty points called EXP points, and um, you need these points to actually redeem these uh, these perks and benefits that the teams are offering on our on our platform. And you can earn those uh, EXP points either by spending money on the platform, uh, or alternatively by uh, taking part in what we call our community incentive program. And this effectively rewards users with EXP points for free um, when they uh, engage and interact with us through social media. So if someone were to retweet one of our tweets, for example, that could credit you with some points on your ESPO account. Or if you watched one of our streams uh, on Twitch, again, you could convert your points there into EXP points. So there are different ways you can earn EXP points for free with us. And obviously uh, that's great because um, you need those, you want to get your hand, as a fan, you want to get your hand or hands on these exclusive perks from the teams and you need EXP points to do that. So if someone's interested in, in hooking up with that, uh, where could they go to get started? Uh, head on over to our site. That's uh, espo.io, uh, E-S-P-O.io. And uh, we, we, hope, we hope there's some, some campaigns that we're running there with our teams that could be of interest uh, to, to you. We cover loads of different games that are played, you know, that are popular in the esports scene today from Valorant and Fortnite, Call of Duty to uh, Rocket League, which is, you know, really blowing up at the moment. Uh, League of Legends, of course, uh, CSGO. So, yeah, I think we've got about 12 different games that we're covering uh, from, from six different teams at the moment. Like I said before, that list that list is just growing. Esports is esports as a as a as, a, as an industry is has double digit growth uh, in terms of spectatorship figures at the moment. Um, you know, you know, half a billion people, according to Newzoo, an industry analyst, uh, are half half a billion people are consumers of, of of consuming esports video content. So you know, obviously, we're we're in that fortunate position of being in a market that's, that's growing very quickly. And, um, you know, we can also see that in terms of the, the, the registration uh, numbers that are coming to our platform since, since we launched. Now, you yourself, do you have specific games that you either like to play a lot or like to watch the most? Yeah, definitely. Of course, you know, growing up as a kid, my, my two passions were motorsports and video games. Um, 
from from playing Super Mario in the early days. Now, nowadays, <laughs> my favorite game at the moment is is Call of Duty. That's what I've been playing. But my my interest in esports really started with the Dota 2 International back in 2012. Um, and then my interest in the esports scene uh, has since evolved into other games as well. I, I really got into uh, the competitive uh, Rainbow Six Siege um, oh, scene nice. and um, Call of Duty, as I mentioned uh, just now. But the the kind of the one that I'm really keen on and getting into at the moment is is Rocket League. Um, oh. You know, I think this is a game that. How how do you describe Rocket League? I, I kind of describe it as you know like football with cars, yeah. or soccer with cars, is whatever whichever you prefer to to just whichever way you prefer to put it. But um, it sounds terrible, but it's actually really fun. And oh, yes. um, and watching it, uh, it on the esports scene is is crazy fun too. I really think that the idea of having more engagement and having more of these type of events really helps the community because. Um, as much as gaming can get a reputation for toxic nature, that to me I've found is a smaller group uh, compared to a large group of people that get together. And obviously, you know, you still have to have either a computer or a console. So it's not the same as playing soccer where it's maybe easier to get started. Mm -hmm. But I still think that there's a lot of entryways for people. I've known people who've even had disabilities who have been able to play competitively and, and do well. So I just think that uh, esports opens up so many doors that no one should be looking for uh, reasons and excuses to close doors. And I really appreciate what you're doing to help promote that. Yeah, it's very kind of you. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, growing growing up as a kid, I was I was I was someone that loved sports as 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 a kid. But I had friends that you know really didn't enjoy sports that much, and you know their their outlet was 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 video games. And um, in some cases, they were a bit bullied for being that that kind of introvert kid that that just had was just well known for 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 playing video games the whole time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, life I think is all about having having a balance. Um, I, I really do hope that the that this that this view that you know playing video games is for lazy people and people without a brain you know that, that that's really old school mentality that is not the case at all. And so I think you know as, as long as games are played in, in balance alongside a healthy lifestyle, then I think games should actually be encouraged and promoted for kids because now the games are so sophisticated. You there is so much strategy in games these days. Or you have games like Minecraft, which really, you know, promote so much creativity that I, I truly think video games are, are fantastic for, 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 for kids and for, for teenagers and also for, for people in, towards the end of their life, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. I know people in that age bracket too now that are playing video games as a, as a source to entertain themselves, as a social opportunity. Um, and also to keep themselves sharp, right? Because uh, again, because of that that stimulus that you need to to apply yourself to to, to play games. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you know the in engagement in this space is 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 needed because uh, we can play games on our own, you know, with the light switched off and kind of feel a little like a little bit like a hermit sometimes. But what esports is doing, in my opinion, is actually um, create you know bringing together some of the most passionate 
um, people in the gaming community. We're all connected online these days and we are sharing our, our interest in, you know, our deep interest in, in video gaming in this context through uh, a competitive scene. And for those people that are not super excited about the competitive scene, that's fine, right? They can still go and watch, uh, they can still consume video content from um, famous streamers uh, who, are, who are very kind of funny and engaging to, to, to watch on Twitch um, or some of these other platforms. Well, I definitely want to see how it ex expands because I remember several years ago people saying that, and this was when um, top prizes were maybe <clears throat> only $50,000 or something like that. People were saying that, hey, eventually people are going to be getting hundreds of millions, not hundreds, but millions of dollars, and we're there. So I'm really curious to see, especially once COVID and all that is, is, is away, how much more expansive that you know esports goes and and in the future, and I'd love to have you back to talk about you know more progress towards seeing if uh, esports becomes an Olympic sport or just how it grows as far as a social outlet. Yeah, on the Olympic side, it's going to take a, a bit to go. Still, you know, I think there's a yeah, they're uh, slow to long, move. <laughs> yeah, there's a long road, there's a long uh, runway ahead to to get there, but. Um, yeah, look, esports esports is is not disappearing. Uh, that's for sure. That is for sure. This is not a a little fad that has kind of garnered some popularity because of a global pandemic. That's not the case at all. Esports is underpinned by the growth of the video gaming industry, which you know we we now know is uh, larger in terms of revenue, uh, annual revenue than the music and film industry combined. It's an absolute whale, and. Um, more and more of us are, are, are playing video games, you know, and the, the fastest growing segment within the video gaming industry is mobile gaming. Mobile esports gaming is also on the, on the up at the moment. So um, yeah, I, I hope that um, we continue to see uh, further growth in the esports space, but it also is a space that needs to, to mature. You know, there are yeah. huge, you know, brands are super interested in this space because they're finding it difficult um, to to reach and to target consumers of you know kind of millennial through to Gen Z um, uh, age range at the moment, and esports has has been something that has really caught caught their attention, and we're seeing you know absolutely huge uh, sponsorships uh, in the esports space now with teams and leagues around the world from some of the most famous brands from from Nike through to uh, BMW. Uh, you name it, you've got some absolutely huge brands uh, involved in, in esports now. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's technically been esports for many years since the 80s. Um, you know, people going to arcades and they'd play Donkey Kong to see if they could get to the, the kill screen and things like that. So it's something that's been around for a long time. I mean, there's an explosion over the last 10 years or so but it's something there. And I think I kind of look at it akin to how anime is looked at, you know, in Japan, you know, adults will watch it and it's, it's, it's viable for adults. Um, in America, it took time. I mean, sure you have Simpsons, family guy, things like that, but it's taking more time. And I think that's the same thing with esports. as people have who played games, have kids and, and all that goes away. I think it's going to be a very bright future for, for esports. But once again, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today about this. Thanks to you. Thanks for having me on. For many gamers, our history was one 
of being on the outside looking in. Sure, we loved our arcades, we loved our LAN parties, our get-togethers, but we were always thought of as something wrong. Either we were children, or we were weird, or we were nerds. It definitely wasn't cool to be a gamer. Until it was. Then, everybody wanted to call themselves a gamer. They wanted to market to gamers. They wanted to enter our world. And for the most part, we allowed them in. Then esports came along, and that changed the whole landscape. Even though esports have been around and competitive gaming has been around for many, many years going back to Twin Galaxies, the idea of being able to become famous and make a lot of money is something that is still very new. Like your favorite MMO, esports and gamers have been slaying a lot of bosses, but reaching the Olympics, that may be the ultimate boss fight. Will we win? We'll see. Until next time, I'm Jay LaRock. Thanks for listening.